So welcome to episode number four of the Dirt Hub show presented by myself, Paul Luton. Today we are joined by John Adamson, fresh from arriving back from the USA where he competed in two rounds of the AMA Pro Motocross Championship for the SC Sport Home Tuscavana team. Um, So without further ado, let's crack on with the interview. So welcome to the Dirt Hub show, John Adamson. Um, literally fresh from the plane. You've literally just landed and we caught you. No no rest, mate. No, we literally they've done 23 hours in the truck to get from Melville to Boston and then we slept out in the hotel, got up, got a taxi to the airport and it was a six-hour flight home, so it's been quite the travel back. I thought Scotland was far, but America's much farther. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for those who don't know, John Adamson's been out doing two rounds of the AMA Pro Motocross Championship. Um, obviously, how did it come about? Because, you know, I have seen sort of you, you're, you're a, an Acer Gas Gas rider, um, but the Sport Home team, the SC Sport Home Tuscavana team, has sort of taken you under their wing for this, haven't they? Cause, and obviously, they went out last year as well. Yeah. Um, it all came about because, unfortunately, Bobby, AMA won't allow him to race in the, the AMA because he's born in Russia, even though he's got a Dutch passport, so there's a bit of, pretty much a long story, but the AMA won't let Bobby ride, so they didn't have a 450 rider, and instead of letting the freight space go to waste, they gave me the opportunity to go out and do something that everyone always dreams of. Yeah, and that's it. it. You know, it's interesting you say that. And I, I you know, I chatted with, with Taylor Hamill about this. And obviously, you know, we have in Europe, well, you know, we're very MXGP centric. Um, so I've always been interested, you know, as, as a young rider, you know, what were your dreams? Is a dream America, is a dream GP, or is a dream just be a pro motocross rider? You know, if you had the ultimate goal, what would it, what would it be for you? To be fair, we are so GP oriented that as a kid I was always dreamed of going and racing GPs. But as you get like as you get a bit older, you can't really. There's always the argument: what's the top level, isn't there, between America or GPs? But I think as a kid, your your goal is always well, your dreams always just to ride your bike and do that for a living. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, at the end of the day, you've ticked that one off, which, you know, there's not many riders that have been able to make a living in the sport. Um, you know, you certainly emerged in the last couple of years. You've really come on strong, obviously, MX2, you know, taking the MX Nationals title. You've taken a, a Bridge, Bridgestone title and, you you know, you're up there. I was just going to ask you, actually, because you had to miss a round of the MX Nationals to do this. Was that a difficult decision for you to make? Um, for myself, it wasn't actually a difficult position. I think I was fourth or something in the championship, but in my head, I just think unless you're going to win it, nobody remembers you in a few years' time. Nobody remembers the fourth place guy. So to go out and race in America, obviously, GPs is so close that you do get the chance to when it's, well, I say local and motocross terms, when it's drivable, it's quite easy for the team to go and do it. But America's obviously a challenge because you've got the Atlantic Ocean in between you so it was a it was an easy decision for me and I just and Lee was obviously very understanding and knew it was something I was very keen on and allowed me to miss the MX Nationals so hats off to him and it was an easy decision for myself to be honest. 
yeah, you know, these opportunities don't come along very often, do they? And, you know, with the, you know, the SC Sport Homes team, they've had experience. They went last year and I'm sure they learned a lot. You know, how much did their knowledge help you going over rather than you going over sort of fresh and green on your own? That's the thing. I think it's almost, well, it's not impossible, but I think it's very difficult to go over yourself and do it. We had Neil Prince, is obviously the team manager, who's managed teams for many years, so he knows people all over the place, everywhere we went, he bumped into somebody new, so his knowledge helped us greatly. Um, we didn't even think about where we were going practicing, everything was organised for us, and it was just pretty much our job was to show up and ride, we took care of everything else, so can't thank them enough for all, all their help. Yeah, no, that's cool. So obviously the first port of call was Southwick, um, was that 19... 19- from the first race, 24 from the second, is that right? Yeah, I made my way up to uh, <laughs> old John Adamson was back. I crashed in both motors right at the very end. Um, I made my way up to sort of 15th in both of them, crashed on the last lap in the first and crashed on the last lap over that finish line jump on the second. It's to go, even just to go there, even when I've been sorted out, it's really difficult. The format is... Like, you obviously get to walk the track and stuff on Friday and you get one cruising lap that's like wave jello flags so you can't do any jumps or anything and then you go straight into 15 minutes of qualifying. So you, you pretty much need to go flat out from the word go. Um, and the heat, the heat and humidity is like something you've never experienced before unless you've been there. And it definitely took a toll on, on me. I think 25 degrees is hot. But 30 with 90% humidity just felt like I was in the sauna. Yeah, it's unreal, you know, because we always watched, obviously, GPs and and Lommel was brutal, and obviously they're saying Southwick is brutal. In which way are they different, and which way are they similar? Um, Like, Southwick's not actually as deep sand as you would think. It's sort of like a lignin soil. For the British motocross people that are listening, it's sort of similar to the sandy bits of ling. It's got a firm base. It doesn't get nearly as rough as Lommel, but I raced Lomo in 30 degrees and I've raced Southwick in 31 and the humidities. It's like there's no air for you to breathe in, so it makes it a real challenge. Like there was, I think I've seen an Adam Cerullo's post, he had heat exhaustion and he trains in Florida all the time, so it's really difficult to go over. And like, we went over four days before, you're still getting used to the heat and then you're flinging at the deep end, so it's... It's difficult in different ways. The track's definitely not as rough, but mixed in with the heat and humidity, it's still definitely shorter on the body. Yeah, and I think it was Anton Gold, wasn't it, who, who pretty much passed out after the first first match. Yeah, Ant- Anton Gold was another one. Yep. Yeah, and you know there was a lot of European riders, wasn't there? It was a bit of a European takeover on that one. There was certainly within the top twenty. You know, there was a good what five or six, I think, um, European riders that sort of took the trip over. Definitely, I think when it's the sand circuit, obviously in Europe we ride a lot of sand. One, because in the winter it can be wet. And two, a lot of people base themselves in Belgium, which as has been there knows it's pretty much all sand. So I think when Southwick comes up, you just, the European guys are rubbing their hands together almost. But it also seemed like there was a lot of sort of local guys as well that knew the track. Because there was Chris Channon, there was a couple of other, yeah. like uh, Jimmy Dakotas as well, that like, you know, sure. the locals knew their stuff and, you know, people were surprised that because of the, the you know, the physicality of it, 
that they kept the pace, but fair play to them, they did. As I said to you earlier, I think when when it's a local rider, you literally get one cruising lap and then 15 minutes of qualifying, so you maybe get four qualifying laps to learn the track. And a lot of the time they do, like, they do a group, they do two groups of practice, so they put, like, 45 riders out, and then, so group A goes out, and then group B goes out, another 45 riders. So if you're not in group A, if group A is out first, a lot of the time the track gets rough and gets slower. So it's very difficult to put your lap time in. Like, you mentioned Jimmy Dakotis there, we watched him, and it was just first lap, he was right out of the blocks and put in a heater straight away and went P1 in front of everyone so it's a, it's a lot different to the way they do it in Europe and I think that's why you get these privateer guys that are locals can go out and qualify so well yeah it makes it good you know it's good for the local fans isn't it because um, they've got someone to support and it it's sort of um, you always hear them say it, you know what, what other motorsport or you know world championship level sport either way you know you look at it obviously the AMA is, is, is massive where a wildcard rider you know, without spending thousands and thousands of crazy money, can go in there and mix it with the best, you know, which is one of the reasons why, why motocross is such a great sport, isn't it? For sure. I think everyone talks about the factory bikes and the DFC that gives these guys an advantage, but I don't think it's as big as everyone thinks. Like, if you're faster, if you put Jet Lawrence on a stock Honda, I'm pretty sure he'd still go out and run right up the front. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's been phenomenal, isn't it? You know, did you did you get a chance to talk, sort of watch him and take stock of of how quick he is? Um, I I've watched like video clips back of him. Obviously, when you race the same track, it's nice to see what he's doing and just the way he's so creative for the tracks, impressive. Like even you watch some of the best in the world, like Sexton, for example, who's a real technical rider, like at Southwick. It's almost like Lawrence was out playing with the track whilst everyone else was trying to race and he was gapping everyone. It's like he goes he goes faster with with half the effort. Yeah. Very impressive. Yeah, he's unreal at the moment, isn't he? For sure. And For sure. um yeah, and teammate wise, you've got Charlie Putnam out there with you and Jorgen, Jorgen Mathis Talvika as well. Um, you know, Jorgen seems like he had some good results. Charlie, did he not qualify in the first one? Like I was telling you, he missed, like, in the first qualifier, he didn't put a good lap time in, and then he tried to go in the second, which he was riding really well, but the track, everyone was about a couple of seconds a lap slower, so he missed qualifying. It's, it's pretty cutthroat in AMA, it's one lap straight in, so if you miss your miss your chance at the very start, it's, and unfortunately Charlie did, and he didn't get to race Southwick. Yeah, but he was back for um, Spring Creek, he did alright in that one actually, didn't he? For sure, yeah, he was back at South. <laughs> he was back at Spring Creek, and he was after qualifying. He was absolutely buzzing, and we were, it was good energy in the camp. And then I, I just said to him, "I wish I'd taken a photo of you at the start to the end of the day, because at the end of the day, we were all <laughs> had nothing left." Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and you know, obviously, you're out there racing, you know, which you live in, and and you know, to, to a certain extent, you are putting yourself in the shop window as well. Have you had much downtime as well between between it, or have you been out of the track? Um, well, we raced Saturday, and then it's quite it's, there's lots of travel involved for us. So, like from the first round to the next round, is twelve hundred miles. So we pretty much got all the bikes sorted on Sunday, 
drove to a practice track 500 miles away Tuesday and then you're in the truck again 600 miles to the track and then I think we had a couple of days off to be fair I think with all the travel and me and Jordi me and JMT were trying to train just as much as we did back home and I don't know if it was that or the heat or something but that Melville had burnt myself out for sure it was too much there's a lot going on yeah it's a pretty intense like I said you know, a couple of weeks for you. Um, you know, you must you must need a bit of a break. And now you now you're back. Um, I was just going to ask you about the bike situation. You know, the bikes. You know, is the team sourced them when they're over there? Um, you know, are they much different to the bikes you ride over here? Um, they obviously go out in the winter training out there, so it's pretty much the winter bikes that they. I think JMT got a fresh engine, but the four fifties pretty good out of the crate, so it's just a training bikes from the winter, ignition pipe and the usual stuff, the suspension and the way you went. Um, it's pretty similar to the other bike, but different at the same time. Neil's obviously very experienced and we spent a day before Southwick, we did an hour on the bike, changing a few things and it's relatively comfortable, so they say with time you'd become more familiar with the bike, but I certainly didn't feel uncomfortable when they got got me sorted pretty much straight away yeah no that's good and then obviously moving on to to spring creek 22 19 is that right and your result wise yes uh, yeah 22 21 22 yeah. was it so you got yeah. in the points got some uh world uh super motocross ranking points up there um you know based on that you know do you now look at what you what you've done over there and, and I've seen on the, the team saying that it is trip one. So is there another trip planned and are you are you part of that? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm part of it. I think they're planning on going out and doing Bud's Creek, um, Unadilla and Ironman, the last three. So after MX Nationals, I think we're heading back out to the last three. Yeah, because there there's a big gap in our calendar over here, isn't there? Like sure, possibly, yeah. You know, we've only got one more round of the Revo left, so that's not till September. So, you know, it gives you the opportunity to do that, doesn't it? Yeah, well, when I'm back, I'm, my girlfriend's back, so I'll spend a week with her, and then we're going, then I'm going up to Scotland to race the Scottish Championships. There, I think it's their fourth round, and then come back down, MX Nationals at Gussies, and then back out to America for the last three rounds. Yeah, that's good to be, you know, because you've almost would have done half the series then, which is, you know, is a good good chunk of it, you know, to give you experience. Do you think it's given you the taste to, to try and go over for a full year or, you know, do you think that would be achievable for you to do? To be honest, I think if I, I need to go back and get better results, if I'm honest, <laughs> I think I can definitely run round about the 15th and 16th. I just need to, well, it sounds like I made stupid mistakes and... At Melville, I don't know if it's jet lag or whatever, but I was totally burnt out. So definitely learnt a lot of how much the travel, the weather, and just being in a different environment takes out you. So I think next time I'm going to ease off in the training and relax a bit more in between the riding and hopefully have more energy. So definitely if something arose, it's something you could you would need to listen to. But and I, I'm not quite sure what the future holds at the moment. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, motocross in America seems to be with the Super Motocross Championship as well. You know, that the money that some of the prize money that people are talking and stuff like that, you know, with a rider like yourself, it's your living, it's your job. 
you know, that's got to, you know, because prize money, let's be fair, in the UK is not great at the moment. Um, you know, is are you looking at that? You know, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on Supercross and stuff like that. But, you know, have you got your eyes on that as maybe that's a career path for you? Well, for me personally, I'd need to be supported by a team. There's nothing I could. If a team came and spoke to me, you'd need to listen to their package. But it's definitely something you wouldn't shy away from if the right deal came up, for sure. Yeah, and like you said, you, you know, you're going over for another three rounds. So you've got a chance to put yourself in that short window. Um, you know, obviously the other alternative, you've done some GPs earlier in the year. Did you do one or two at the start of the year? Yeah, I done two. Yeah. You know, obviously the alternative is to to look at that that route. Um, you know, have you got any thoughts on that side of things going going down that route? Obviously, being more based European and with the teams that you're riding for in the UK. Um, to be honest, I think I'll stay in Britain next year if I don't get some some sort of deal where you can go to America. The GPs is a lot of effort. Some of the toughest competition. And as you've mentioned, you spend a lot of money that you don't get anything back for. The, the GPs are done this year. Like, thankfully, Lee let me use his equipment, but I pretty much crowdfunded the funds to get a sponsor to take me out in his motorhome. And he took me out and paid for most of it. So that's the only reason I got to do GPs. And it was the same with Italy. The team, Bobby, was my teammate was going to do it. So... Two people I know from back home are flying out, so I gave the bike to Bobby and his mechanic and they took it away and I flew out with two friends from back home and with a little bit of crowdfunding, that's how I managed to do it. So it's a lot of effort and even if you go out and do well, you get nothing in returns. So I'm pretty sure if something in America or something doesn't come up, I'll be staying in Britain. Yeah, it's it, like you said, it's a tough call. Like the, the GPs look so tough to get in, and if you're paying your own way and there's no prize money whatsoever, like it, it just seems like a grind um, to get in there. It's an obvious question, and you probably gathered it's coming. If you were to say a GP or an AMA, what what is the toughest, and who would you say is the quickest? You know, it is one of them questions that everybody wants to know. It's a much tougher field. The depth in the field's much greater than AMA for sure. Yeah. But I can totally see like I think the guys at the front are similar speed. And as the Americans always say, the supercross is their main championship, so most of them focus on supercross. And yeah. they only do motocross for the six months of the year. So for motocross definitely the GPs is more competitive. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be you know Based on that, obviously seeing what Jet's doing, Chase and that, like the motocross of nations is going to be pretty interesting for sure this year, especially, sure. you know, outside of America as well. So, And yeah. if you're an American in America, I don't know why you would want to come over and do the GPs when you could race your national series. And as you say, you get paid for it. And if you're, if you're, running, if you're running well, it would give you enough money to go to the next one. Whereas the GP, you're just spending your money all the time. Yeah, and and a GP is obviously a lot of riding, and that for for the weekend, like compared to like you say the AMA, you're you're pretty much you know one lap and you're straight in qualifying. Then it's your motos, 
as a GP, you've got so many sessions, qualifying race, then your motos. You know, that's a, a big outlay for equipment, tyres, as well as travel, accommodation and all of that. So, you know, with with no prize money coming back. So um, Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer they need to bring back qualifying money and prize money and GPs. And it's not like they get small crowds or anything, so somebody's just lying in their pockets. It's a, I always use the example of you'd never go to a concert and the singer not get paid, and we're all just the dancing monkeys out on a motorbike and don't get paid the GPs. So I think um, less people are doing better, and they should take a leaf out of the MA's book. Yeah, you know, there's nothing like having 40 guys on the line, is there? Like every round. Right, that's you know. the, the two rounds we went to in America. In each qualifying group, there's 45 riders. Top, top 36 get through, and then they do an LCQ race. So it's like we get massive entries. Yeah. Whereas the GPs, like, it's usually like, they don't even fill the gate most weeks, do they? No, that's it. And, you know, you can sort of see, especially, you know, the flyaways, obviously, they didn't get, you know, to get a world championship point on the flyaway, you know, you're pretty much given as long as you, you get around, aren't you, some of them? Yes, um, I'm yeah, it's another beast. But talking of prize money, obviously, in the Scottish Motocross Championship, Obviously, the money's uh, gone up there. Johnny Douglas Hamilton's doing a great job at the championship up there. How's that been for you? You've done pretty well in that, haven't you? For sure, it's been great. Like, Johnny took it over. He's put good prize money up for each round and bonuses for the championships. Johnny's a world-renowned track builder. He's been preparing the tracks. And I saw it obviously a biased opinion, but I think we've got some of the best tracks in Scotland. And it's just... I can obviously nip home and go race them, so it's great for me. And obviously people like Conrad and Tristan, Sean was doing it at the start. Billy McKenzie gives us a run for the money for the first couple of laps. It's been a great event. Everything's very professionally done. You start riding at 10 o'clock, you're finished for three podiums at half four. It's run like a proper meeting. I couldn't recommend a high enough to anybody who wants to come up. Yeah, and it seems, you know, more and more uh, top riders are going, one for the money, but like you said, I think it's the, the profile that it's gathering and the way it's run seems to be attracting riders. Um, I think you... it's the money. Yeah, the, it is just the money. That's what dragged <laughs> me up. Yeah. Because, as you say, when you're trying to make a living at it, yeah. it's not like we get a footballer's wage or anything and every time we try going to go to practice and it costs us out of our own pockets, so... Like, you need to get paid somewhere and you go racing and that's where you get paid. People, like, if you go to the British and get a couple hundred quid prize money, it doesn't even cover your diesel and your food TV. Yeah. So it's, it's totally crazy. Unless you're in the top three and you get, and you're on a fact, and, and you're on one of the official teams to get bonuses, it's really difficult. Yeah, and obviously, you know, it's on your doorstep, so even better. So, um, yeah, for sure, it's great. So, yeah, just a quick one on that. Um, for next year, so are you are you signed up for, for the AC United Gas Cast team or is that still a negotiation or you're not sure what's happening yet? Uh, it's still a negotiation, but I'm not quite 100% sure what's happening yet. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. No, you know, they've been a, done a good job with the team and obviously the setup as well. Yeah, sure. And obviously, you know, you've got some good results for the team as well. So, you know, it has, has been a partnership that's worked, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think moving from Gabriel to Acer was a great move for me. And 
their professionalism's really helped me step my game up to. Obviously, we still need to find that little bit extra step, but I don't know if that's going to be with Asa next year or whoever, but I can't thank them all enough, especially Lee and everyone else involved. Lee is his sidekick. It's, they've been great to me, and I can't... Not really got to, not really got a bad word to say about them. No, fair play, fair play to what he does. Like you said, a great setup. You know, really puts back into the sport, doesn't they? So, uh, yeah, sure. yeah, great to see that team team at the races. So, um, big thank you, need, you for the sport uh, needs people like Lee and all the other team owners. Absolutely, you know, you see like Lee, Chambers Racing, and obviously Brendan. You know, all these teams. There's so much goes into it. It's, it's unreal, wasn't it? You know, and and without yeah, those guys. Nobody realises how much work goes on through the week just to get all the stuff there at the weekend. Yeah, and we will, you know, for sure, we'll, we'll get one of the team owners on on the show at one point and, and find out a little bit more of what goes in during the week because obviously we just see, you know, a big truck rock up on race day and don't really comprehend quite how much has gone in before that, that point. Yeah, for sure. So, superb. Well, thank you very much, John, for speaking to us. And, um, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on your results, obviously, in the Scottish uh, MX Nationals and obviously back over in America. Okay, okay. Thanks Super. very much. Superb. Thanks a lot, John. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.